Hey everyone, welcome to the Marriage Formation Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Eric Johnson. And I'm Natalie Johnson. And we're the co-directors of the Marriage Formation Ministry at Mount Lake Church, located in the Pacific Northwest. Here on the Marriage Formation Podcast, we explore the holiness, humdrum, and the hilarity of marriage. Hey folks, welcome back to the Marriage Formation Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us. Um, before we get into today's discussion, we've got a really cool event that we want to tell you about coming up here in a couple weeks. It is the Marriage Formation Evening, and it'll be on Saturday, September 30th from 5 to 7.30 p.m. It's going to be a really great night, and you'll definitely want to get registered for this. Uh, the registration is at mountlake.church slash events, and all the information is there, and the registration is there. Registration ends on the 26th, so you'll want to get on that right away if you want to be a part of this. But it'll be a great evening. We'll have lots of married couples there hanging out, having dinner together, spending time learning, laughing, and just sharing life together. These are such a great time and fun to hang out and get to know other people and talk about the Lord and what's going on in our marriages. Today, Natalie, you saw a great quote that you want to dig into. What was that about? So I was on Instagram and I saw this quote that uh, I really like. I thought was very thought-provoking. Uncommunicated expectations are premeditated resentments. And I don't know the author of that. I saw it on Zachary Levi's Instagram, and he was quoting somebody that he knew that had a private Instagram account. And then I didn't want to be creepy and friend the guy to find out more. But I thought it was... There's the FedEx guy. Oh, my goodness. Really? Rolling up our hill. It's always something. We record in our living room. (laughs) Amongst cats and FedEx trucks. That's true. And the occasional long-going neighbor. Yes. Um, so anyway, uh, uncommunicated expectations are premeditated resentment. That's a good quote. Yeah. So initially, I was like, mm, do I agree with that? Because I think the word premeditated got me. Because it's like, okay, is that premeditated? You know, premeditated murder is like, oh, I'm planning this. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Are you planning on being resentful? But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, when we don't communicate or we don't realize our expectations, we are setting ourselves up for resentment yeah. when, especially in marriage, when our partner fails to meet this expectation they did not know you even had. So you played yourself. You played yourself? Uh, at being, you kind of premeditated your own demise. Yeah, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Exactly. Yeah. And so. It's, yeah. I, yeah, I see where they could, well, yeah, I can see where they were going with it, but I think it's a great quote. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. And I think uncommunicated expectations, true, if you're not letting in marriage, in the context of marriage, if you're not letting your spouse know what your expectations are, then you are setting them up for failure and you're setting yourself up for resentment. There is uncommunicated expectations. There are unrealized expectations, unrealistic expectations. Mm. Those expectations that you really should never, ever put on another person, Mm. your spouse, your, your, your children, your whatever. And, and people do that with God all the time. Yeah. People expect him to do things Mm. that he never said he would do or never promised he would do. And so we do that the same way with our spouses, unrealistic expectations, un. What was the one you had mentioned earlier? Uh, just a second ago. Unrealized. Unrealized expectations. Those, 
those are all in that same vein. Well, I think everybody's going to have unrealized ones. I don't yeah. know. I don't necessarily think it's unhealthy. Uh, they're, okay, they're dangerous. I think it's. I think it's a fact of life. Yeah. Because of our past experience, the way we were raised, our personalities, I think there's a myriad of things that can contribute to that that cause us just to assume things in life. Mm -hmm. I've experienced, I've always experienced life in this way. Therefore, I assume it's going to continue. And so then something disrupts that. You're like, what was that? Why are you doing it that way? Why aren't you doing this? And, um, I don't necessarily think it's an unhealthy thing or it's, um, you know, a purposeful thing. Like, you know, how dare you? It's just yeah. your, your there, life there gets are, interrupted. There are perfectly acceptable expectations that we have of from our previous experience, previous um, knowledge of people and situations. I expect... The sun is going to rise tomorrow. The sun will come out. Oh boy! Tomorrow. How much you have your moment? Um, I actually, <laughs> I don't like that movie. It's a oh. that that is one of the more annoying Wait, musicals. You don't like Annie? No, I don't. And I don't like West Side Story either. Oh, I'll give you that. But Annie, <sighs> Carol Burnett. Well, Carol Burnett. Yul Brenner. Carol Burnett will always have a special place in my heart. Yeah. Ever since I was a little kid watching the Carol Burnett show. Carol <laughs> Burnett show. Yeah. She's a legend. She's a legend. Yeah. But the whole, oh, she's so, that little Annie girl. Ooh, that little orphan Annie. Okay. <laughs> All right, Miss Hannigan. Anyway. <laughs> I have expectations. I'm like, okay. I expect that God's going to come through. And I know that I know that I know that I know. Yeah. Because of his character and who he is. But when we were first married, I had expectations of ways that I thought a a wife and a mother would be. Do you think sometimes when we elevate our spouse to the position of God, not like we worship them, but we put them in that place of importance, like – you're the person that's going to meet all of my needs that then you put undue expectations on them because you are putting them in a place that you should have God because, well, God, God will meet all our needs, but he's not going to meet all our expectations because we might have unrealistic expectations of him. But when you put, we put our spouse, which I think, especially initially is easy to do because we're in love. We're infatuated. This person is like, you know, this amazing addition to our life. And it's hard sometimes in the beginning, especially to balance, like there's been not s- putting all of your energy into them and like making sure that you're still putting God first. You're not elevating this. Relationship. There's been so many times that we've seen in married couples where either the wife or the husband have these expectations of their spouse that they really never should have because that, that there is where you should get that from God, not from your spouse. Right. That and um and just just how they should be treated or how they should be loved or how they should be um, respected or how they should be honored or fill in the blank. And yes, we could try to aspire to do those things for our spouse. Yes, I want to be honoring and loving and caring for you, but I'm also a sinner 
and I'm also going to fail right. myself and you and God. And so uh, don't put that pressure on me. <laughs> yeah. And so ultimately we should be getting our f- fulfillment from God right? and not from our spouse. Yeah. But our spouse sure. is that it's hard because your spouse is that tangible. physical, tangible person of love and affection and care that, yes, it would be wonderful if they were godly on all counts to be able to fulfill all my expectations. But the, but there are uh, there are expectations that God's not going to fulfill and well, your husband or wife. Yeah. Exactly. Those are unreasonable expectations. And what about the premeditated part? I think that's a part of it. It's not necessarily like I'm going to have this expectation to see if you come through. Yeah. But it's more of, you know, possibly even a subconscious thing of this is just how I view life. And this is what I would, you know, I'm going to get married. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. It's going to be this way. You're going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then it doesn't look that way necessarily, or there's aspects of it that don't look that way. And then there's disappointment. And so I think a lot of this can be subconscious yeah. and it can be directly tied to our previous life experience, especially how we were raised and how we saw a family function yeah. carries into. And I think, I think that is one of the biggest things that people do not realize that your family of origin, the family that you were raised in, has one of the biggest impacts on your marriage and how you yes. approach it, how you how you think about things, how you make decisions, your and expectations. Like there's so much of that. How your parents fought is how you how to deal with conflict, conflict resolution, finances, or lack of conflict resolution, all these things. Yeah, yeah, your family of origin well, is a okay. huge factor. So remember when Maisie wanted to get her ears pierced when she was four years old? Yes. And I was like, okay, that sounds fine. And and you were like, no, she can't get them pierced. Until she's, she's way too young. Twelve. And I was like, why? And you're like, well, my sisters weren't allowed to get their ears pierced till they were twelve. Yeah. And I was like, why? And you're like, I don't know. Cause I don't know that's the way I was that's raised. That's how it was. Yeah. You know, and then we talk about it, and you're like. Yeah, actually, I don't know. And quite honestly, if I think about it, I don't really care. Yeah. Because they're not my ears. But it's, yeah. And and so it wasn't even a big deal to you personally. Yeah. But it was, I think that's a great example of this is like this. I was raised with girls get their ears pierced at 12. Yep. And so for you, like, why would we get our ears pierced at four? Like, that's not when you do it. And it wasn't a huge deal to you. It's just an expectation yeah. that you never really thought about. Like, oh, that's just how life is. And some But cultures, then when you apply that to they life. They get their daughter's ears pierced when they're like. Born. Born. Practically, like, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So I think it's cute. But another thing is, is that um, that is an interesting thing that comes up, especially during holidays, with the expectations as well as mm. the, the family of origin stuff. <laughs> Thanksgiving. When we, uh, when I, when I was growing up, our Thanksgiving consisted of, we had like, we ate like at two or three in the afternoon and the guys would just watch football every once in a while, help out in the kitchen. And usually like my mom and my sisters or the aunts would come over and they would like get up at like five or six in the morning and put the turkey in, let it cook for like, you know, however many hours. And then it's done by two o'clock, whatever. And then you 
also made pies the night before. And that was kind of a, a ritual that evidently my sisters and my mom did mm. where they would like start mm. making pies in the evening. And so those were already done. So it's like all the, cause obviously yeah, you have to make the pies the day before. Cause it's oven management. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless you have a bunch like, of ovens. Yeah. So anyway, but that, but that but, yeah, expectation, but to me, expectation, that expectation was, is I was raised with Thanksgiving dinner. It's a dinner. And it's a, everybody sits at the table together. Yeah. Kind of like the Cosby show back in the day when, yeah. you know, they would all sit or at the, the table. Or the Waltons. Yeah. And then the dad would carve the turkey. Did you ever watch the Waltons when you were a kid? I didn't like it. Yeah. We were, it was like I a staple. It was like this little house on the prairie and the Waltons. I was a little house on the prairie girl. Was like not so much the Waltons. staple. Eight is enough. Love that uh, show. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Anyway. Um, so Get to around, me, around Thanksgiving dinner. Dinner kind of, time. It's like a dinner. Norman Rockwell painting where Yeah, yeah. So the to me the the eat it to buffet style, everybody just kinda like sits wherever watching T V feels so disconnected to me. Like yeah. it's like any other day or it's like oh it's like the, having a party, like a bunch of people come over and then you're just kinda hanging out in your own little conversations eating, like at couches and chairs. Like I'm like, but there's no unity. I want to be at the table. I want it to be like all of us together being thankful. Maybe we could like read something from the first Thanksgiving day and <laughs> you know, like something like let's all go around and say we're thankful. I don't know, something really mon- it should be monumental. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Thanksgiving we were... is not even like my favorite holiday. I, I like it, but when we got together, it would be like everybody sits. This is on my mom's side. We would all like sit down at the table all together. And it, they, we actually didn't do like, you know, like, because I wasn't raised in a Christian family, so it wasn't like we sat and did prayer, but it was more, it was formal. Yeah, very and formal. And so, on my dad's side, it wasn't as formal. When I was at his house, it was more, like, free range, you know, you'd kind of all... My grandparents were pretty formal, though, so that's, that's probably true. part of it. Yeah. Um, Get up, bring out the fine china and the silverware and... Yeah, and, and make it fancy, put your pretty fancy. tablecloth on... And I, you know, I'm like, I like, like the little name cards and all the cute little decor. Like, I like it to be an experience where you're all together having this experience. Yeah. So I think, but even things like that, you know, it's, it's not like the make it or break it things necessarily with the expectations, but it's, um, it's all those little things, but they can yeah. have a big impact where you turn and you're like, wait, why would you do it that way? What are you doing? And it can be how you squeeze the toothpaste or you know, doing the laundry. How or, you fold clothes. Yeah, I mean. All the little stupid you, things. Yeah. And. It's amazing that quote. That's a great quote. Or the because, brand of like, what do you, you buy this brand of mayonnaise? I mean, oh, it could be like crazy. Like, I was raised things. up Skippy. You were raised on Jif. And that was like, well, what do we, what, we can't just buy two separate kinds of peanut butter. I still think Jif is better. I think. Actually, peanut butter without a bunch of sugar dumped in it is better. Yeah. But then you don't like Adams because you got to like stir in the oil. I don't want manual labor with my sandwich. I just want a sandwich. <laughs> wow. And if you don't stir that well, like from day one when you open it. When you get like two thirds of the way through. It's there's like, no it's oil like, left. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's just no, straight. It's like spackle. It's yeah. ain't no, going to yeah. move at all. Yeah. The word there at the end is pretty, another part, resentments premeditated resentments. Yeah. That is a hard word too, because that does bring up like, okay, if you don't deal with these things in a communicative way, Mm -hmm. 
or a lighthearted way. I mean, yeah, so, so, you know, some of this is funny, you know. Oh, that's yeah. funny. You buy Jif. Or whatever, or Thanksgiving dinner. Um, but it, there are certainly resentments that can grow that will breed bitterness and frustration and anger. Yeah. And well, that... The, I think the yeah. key is learning how to work through these, how to communicate, because you will get to some bigger topics. You will have children, potentially, at some point, And maybe one of you is like, we were raised that we get spanked in our house. And the other person might be, I think spanking is, is abuse. Yeah. Or like you might have some pretty big divides on expectations. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't know how to come together and work those talk out. about them and communicate them and work through them together, yeah. then those big ones are going to be a big divide. Yeah. And there's so many potential schisms of, of yeah. Oh, hundreds. Parent. Yeah. How do you, when... When you have an expectation. I think how important is this in the mm. grand scheme of things? Is this a uh, earring at the age of four or is this a, a spanking issue, right? Or a right. or a hardcore, um, we need to really work this out. Or is it one of those things like, well, like we mentioned in the first episode, is this something that I'm going to live with you until the day I die and just that's just who you are? Yeah. And that expectation is like, okay, that's what I can expect out of you. But I think a lot of that is like, okay, bringing it to the Lord, praying about it, and coming to a a biblical understanding of, but also just coming together to get, if you need to, you know, seek outside third party, like a pastor or somebody who might be able to speak some wisdom into it. Are you talking about bigger issues? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to call my pastor like, should my four No, I'm talking about like, okay, so how do we learn to work through these unrealized expectations in the beginning stages to set ourselves up for success, to set ourselves up for healthy communication so that we know how to communicate, we know how to work through things when it does, when the bigger issues come up. So how do we work out like... Say, say for this, for instance, I have an expectation that men should take out, the, the husband should take out the trash. Right. I, as a woman, don't feel like I should have to take out. I don't personally have that expectation because I take out the trash all the time. And you have no problem with that, yeah. I don't. I prefer if somebody else does it because I don't enjoy doing it. Yeah. But I don't care. Like, I'll take it out. Um, yeah. But just as an example, because I think that yeah. can that can be something that could be common. So right. I throw trash in there. And I'm expecting you're going to see it and take it out. You don't. And I just keep piling trash up higher, higher, higher. Subtle. And it's subtle falling hint. on the floor. There's my subtle hint to you. Surely there's trash on the floor. He's going to see it. And some he's going may to take it out. Some may take a subtle hint as a passive aggressive <laughs> way of communicating. I'm practicing my Jenga skills on yep. the trash can. Yep. So how do you? And then all of a sudden, like either. You come in and you're like, why is there trash on the floor? I'm like, well, because you didn't take it out. Why is it my job? And then maybe an argument ensues. Or why is it my job? I pass uh, aggressively, like, fine, I'll do it. And I like, dah, 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 but I'll do it loudly so you know that I matter. You know what? I mean, there could yeah. be a, a million different things. Banging stories. the garbage can against the floor. Yeah, yeah. Listen to how angry I am. Yeah. Um, but there could be a, diff- a whole bunch of different scenarios. But like, how would I, if I, like, do we have a conversation and be like, you know, so in my family, yeah, 
The dad always took out the trash. How do you feel about that? And maybe just bringing it up in a way like that in a non-aggressive way. (laughs) It's funny, like, because that's what's great about the uh, Save Your Marriage Before It Starts book or that that, uh, assessment we do. Right. Where it breaks down those weird little jobs. Who's going to mow the lawn? Some of them. And there's like, because that really helps tackle those weird little expectations we have, like, Who's going to wash the car? How often do we change the sheets? Um, you know, those things like that. And to put those up into the forefront, it's like, okay, those are things you're going to deal with. Right. Even though they're, they may seem weird and funny and odd. Um, those, like, things like that are things that are the pebble in your marriage shoe where they cause great irritation. And if you don't just if you don't work deal it with out. Them? If you don't, yeah, if you don't deal with them, if you mm-hmm. don't work them out, then those little pebbles in those like little shoes, annoyances. little annoyances are going to cause great uh, pain discomfort. and discomfort and um, resentments as. Well, I think so as far as like how to deal with it, I think sometimes that I think a lot of times that's the issue yeah. of how do I get from I'm frustrated because this isn't going like I expected Yeah. or I'm frustrated that you're not doing these things. You're not seeing it. Why should I have to tell you something that to me is so obvious? Um, And so so the tools of how do we work? How do we get over that? How do we work through that? Communication often. And some of those things don't even come up until, until they're actually happening. And it's like, why is this happening? This is so Ridiculous. Why can't they do this? And it's like, there's usually a root pro, a root of that where I, I'm thinking of like, um, the man who grew up all his life and his mom did everything for him and made him sandwiches and. I mean, it could and, and be, train, but it also and, could be just, it's not on the radar. Yeah, they're just completely like, oblivious. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I wasn't even thinking that. About that wasn't my job. Like, I, I wasn't. Mr. Garbage yeah. Collector, you know, so it didn't even occur. It doesn't even occur. And I maybe knew- it's because somebody did it for you. Or maybe it was just like, it was. she's just- upset about the garbage. I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't think of anything else off the top of my head. I think sometimes it's just, it's not on somebody's radar. They're just not thinking of it because it's yeah. not a big deal to them. Well, there's and things are going to be a big deal to different personality types. Yeah. Somebody that's really like a type A anal personality yeah. might have a real big problem with things being out of order because it's not necessarily like, oh, I was raised in this way. It's just, it's how I am. It's I, I was like that for a long time. It's like I I came into the marriage and like, okay, I was a pretty, I like, things have a place. They need to be put away. They go where they go. But after parenting four kids and you know, it's like they just undo everything that you do. <laughs> And this is then, now turned into a counseling session. Oh, my gosh. Tell me more, Eric. How does well, that make you feel? And our daughter, Georgia, would completely clear out the bookshelves, the kids' books. What was that? There was like 60 or 80 oh. kids' books. For one, why do they have so many books? The other, huh. why do you feel like you need to put them all over the floor? Well, and she I, would like daily. like well, Every this day. This is like maybe age one and a half to two and a half. Yeah. She would arm sweep. Every single shelf. She wanted shelf. A, what, she wasn't we need to reading. actually ask her about that we need because to check into her motives on that. Yeah. It, and then there would be a mountain of books on the floor, and she would just sit there. And I don't know if she just like wanted a clear view of all of them, but yeah. But for you being 
a order an orderly person. Yeah. That broke. Well, you. then and then I think one of the kids completely cleared out all the CDs back when we used to play CDs. <laughs> they complete completely wiped out all the CDs on the CD rack and that little and it was just like oh they were organized by genre or artist or awesomeness. whatever awesomeness and like. <laughs> The good ones are at the top, and the not-so-good ones are at the bottom. I mean, it was just like, oh, that was painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, no, 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 you don't touch daddy's CDs. <laughs> yes, we do, every day. Yeah. yeah. So, well, but yeah, so <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> oh, the expectations of like... And that's our time. Oh, oh, yeah. uh, just the fact that my expectations have completely been murdered <laughs> by my children... <laughs> But now it's like, well, you just, you just, okay, we'll just, and, and within you that. You chilled out. I definitely chilled out. I, there I, was a time where I remember specifically you banned Cheerios from the home. Oh my God. When we had like Cheerios, toddlers everywhere. Dude, because you'd the step on them. They're just like Cheerio mines everywhere. Yeah. You'd step on them and it's like, okay, now it's, instead of it being a Cheerio <laughs> that you picked up by your fingers, it is a Cheerio that's crushed and you need to vacuum. Yeah. Or sweep. I, I remember one one specific time where you were like, That's it. No more Cheerios. We're done with Cheerios. And me I I mean I made some amazing, so many small children. So many I was like that's declarations. Really yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's a lot of declarations made me have a little No bit. more Cheerios. Yeah. No more toys with batteries. Yeah. So but okay, getting back to expectations. Um I think to, as you realize them, because a lot of it is unrealized, it's when you're in the moment and you suddenly find yourself either annoyed, angry, or disappointed. Yep. That's sometimes when you realize like, oh, this is important to me. And then yeah. you have to figure out how important it is to you. Yeah. Is this a mountain you're going to die on? Yeah. Or is this like, okay, maybe this is something I need to rethink or retrain or, or the other person um, needs be willing to, appreciate to compromise. You. I mean, like th- the Thanksgiving example. That is a, that's a good expectation. Like, that's a sweet time. So yeah, you're right. There's like, okay, what are these expectations or what are these things that I have unconsciously come to? Okay. Do I need to expect that out of my spouse? And if not, then I could do those things or I, I can just well, let that go. Explaining. Say, I mean, you could, you could say something like, um, you know, I'm, for some reason, I'm realizing, like, I think this was an expectation that I had and I didn't even realize it. And I realize this isn't happening and it's, I'm, I'm feeling frustrated about that. And I wanted to communicate that and, like, talk through it and, um, maybe, yeah, you know, think about, like, is this something that I need to change my thoughts on? Well, and most likely your spouse has no idea that you had this going on in your mind. And And I think there's conversations that you can have to decide, like, what do we want our home to look like in this area? Like, yeah. how do we want to raise our kids in this way? Like, what are our expectations? What do, and there's, I think there's room for compromise. Definitely. And I think there's room for, you know, for yielding and saying, just because I had this expectation doesn't mean that it would be a good thing to have in our home. It might be, sometimes they're, they derive out of fears. Yeah, fears, insecurities, or maybe yep. you were raised in such a way like this is how this should look, but then you realize maybe that wasn't a healthy way that it yeah. was taken care of in my home. Yeah. And so maybe we need to rethink just because I was raised this way doesn't mean it's 
the right way for our family. Yeah. My dad did this because he was doing this to serve my mom and protect our family or to, and then those are reasons why I feel like we should do this in our house. And there's, cause there's always a root yeah. to that expectation, either good or bad. And, and maybe they were performing that out of a place of fear or insecurity exactly. or maybe an unresolved trauma or issue from their child or whatever it is. Like you yeah. can like dig, 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 but well, sometimes just yeah. because what is modeled to us doesn't mean that it is the model to follow. Right. What do other, so we do this, I, I do this at churches where I go to somebody else's church. And I'm like, oh, I like how they do that there. Let's implement that into our church. Mm. And the same thing we could do with families. Like, man, I really like how they do that in mm. their family. I mean, now it's too late for us to raise it's our kids. Too late kids. for our kids. Oh, they're already they're already broke. Um, <laughs> or, well, they're going to therapy, so God, God bless them. We'll just send them all therapy. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> but, but there was times where, I mean, before we had kids, we would look at other parents raising their kids and how yeah. they treated their kids. I'm like, okay. Or other couples uh, on how they did things. It's right. Like, oh, I like, I like, I like how they do that. that. What do you do? I'm like, well, there, I read this book. I read this book. And I agreed with some of the things in this book, but not yeah. all of them. And so we implemented those things in our lives. And I think for the most part, in, in the moment, I mean, it's part of part of parenting is survival. It's in like, the okay, moment, it seemed right. It seemed right. Now, looking back, well, I'm like, well, okay, there could with have been... the level of like where we were in our life, like it seemed yeah. right. Like now, yeah. obviously, you get older, you Hindsight's experience more life, you theoretically grow as a person and spiritually, and you look back and you're like, oh, I wish we would have done it this way. Yeah. But so, but I think also that's why community is so important. Being around people. Yes. Having that community to Talk support you and exchange ideas and pray for you and yeah. speak into each other's lives. Exhort other people. Or also just like learn to laugh it off and just like, hey, it's so, yeah. it's not that big of a deal. It's okay. Because well, we, we have yeah. a tendency to hold on to things because like that's the way we think it should be. It's like, no, it's okay if you let that go or or have a different perspective on right. things. I was wronged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and having a friend in your life that goes, um, yeah, no, you're, you're being ridiculous. You're approaching this. Like, yeah, my friend, Jen, I, I was, I don't remember. We were married like mm, maybe like 11 years ish. It was after our tenure. And, uh, I was frustrated about something. I was expressing it to her. It was probably something stupid. Like your socks were balled up on the floor in front of the hamper or something. Okay. I always pick up my socks. She that keeps using this as an example. True. If I if I take them off, it's usually right before I get into bed because <laughs> I don't like wearing socks while I sleep. Because you're not a monster. I gotta fix my microphone and I get all dramatic. Well, um, you okay there? But like anyway, usually uh, let me finish that. <laughs> okay. Yes. Back to your. Calm down, sir. <laughs> sir, I'm gonna need you to sit down. Um. <laughs> I was I was frustrated about something and expressing it to her and she said, "You know what? That's a non-issue. You got a great husband." And she listed off reasons why and she set me straight and I said, was I was liked her. <laughs> she's like, "You're just complaining because you're frustrated and you're allowing that to be in the forefront. Yeah. You need to take a step back and look at the whole picture and realize like 
here are the ways that your husband is a great husband and you need to not micro focus on this, you know, hyper focus on this little thing. Man. But having people in your life like that, I think to is talk crucial. sense into you. That's not like, yeah, girl, you need to like set his socks on fire. You know, I mean, there, there's people that <laughs> wow. will encourage I, you. Dear God, in, don't hang out with people like that. <laughs> but there's people that will encourage you in a destructive way and be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he does that to you. And like, you don't need those people in your life. You need the people that help you take a step back and say, let's look at the big picture here. Get a little per- perspective. Yeah. Maybe you're being a little bit nitpicky. Maybe you're being a little bit judgmental. Maybe you need to like not be like, oh, poor me, poor me. This Check affects yourself me. before you wreck yourself. Exactly. Thank you, right. sir. So, yes. We should cross-stitch that and put that's what should have been on our wall. Check yourself before you wreck what was, yourself. What was our family verse for, for a while? Um, something about crows plucking the eyeballs out of the carcasses. Carcasses of those who the fought. person. Oh gosh, what is that? I'll look that up. The the person who rolls their eyes at their mom, the ravens will pluck their eyeballs out of their head, or that something like that. That is a great family verse. Yeah, put that on your wall. Put that cross stitch <laughs> on your wall. Proverbs thirty seventeen. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be plucked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. That is so graphic. There is your family life verse. That's praise Jesus. Hang that on the wall. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'd love to hear from you and even tackle some of your questions and topic ideas on a future episode. You can email us at marriage at mountlake.church. And you can also find us on Instagram at marriageformation. And if you're interested in exploring all things marriage with us, be sure to subscribe so you can be notified when a new episode drops. Also, we greatly appreciate your reviews. So let us know what you think. If this episode resonated with you, please consider sharing it with someone who could be encouraged by it. See you next time.